am I Reister or am I wrong? This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet. This is Daily Fire. Facts only. Check your feelings at the door. This ain't the place for the left, the right, snowflakes, social justice warriors, or the BS. I keep it 100 at all times. So we got uh, really three big things up today. So the college football is going conference only. What I think about that, I think it's a great idea as a backup. Um, The NFL in the uh, unbelievably did something just insane. Um, And also, oh, oh, and in the MLB, $750,000 quarantine fines. And Zion may have gotten $400,000. And the question that I ask you is who the hell cares? Uh, You guys can hit me up on Twitter. uh, Send me an email, georggwpodcast at unafraidshow.com if you want to hit me up. But here we go. We are going to start with the NFL. The insanity that, that with the move that they just made. So, and I quote, here is the quote. From the NFL, NFL teams will be forbidden from post-game interactions within six feet of each other and jersey exchanges between players will be prohibited during the 2020 season. Wait, what? So you mean to tell me? I mean, this is unbelievable. I cannot believe the, actually, I can't believe the NFL did it because they also banned a few years ago the alternate helmets after uh, they got sued by the players and the players won. So the reason why they said, well, we're going to play in one helmet all season. Yeah, but the teams were already taking the helmets, sending them out for x-rays every week, and then coming back and rebuilding the helmets again. What is the difference between if you use an alternative helmet? Anyways. Um, why on earth after hours long competition, players tackling each other, uh, uh, pushing, pulling, exchanging bodily fluids on each other, you're going to ban, uh, you're, you're going to ban Jersey swaps. What the, the level of insanity of that is actually crazy. Like I cannot make sense out of why that's a good idea. So you're going to play football, tackling, huddling, not social distancing in any way, shape, form, or fashion, but a jersey swap at the end of the game. No, 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 no. That's too far. That's where you draw the line. So it's not the fact that you're going to be uh, in hotels that you don't know who was in there before you. Going on chartered flights because most teams do not have their own plane. So you're going to be on planes that other people were on. Uh, buses uh, that other people were on. The, the keeping players in the hotels instead of going out to dinner, uh, hanging out with women, uh, visiting people who want tickets and their families in different cities. What? But that's where you draw the line is it's exchanging jerseys because that may transmit COVID. What? <laughs> I can't even, I, I almost fell over when I saw that. And when I read it, I was like, this is probably one of the most insane things I've ever seen. And that's where people fall, like get confused and upset with the whole COVID protocols. Cause they're saying, how does this make sense? 
How does it make sense? And that leads to college uh, football. Because people are asking with these uh, conference-only schedules. So if you missed the announcements yesterday, the well, two days ago, you had the Ivy League saying that they are going to cancel fall sports, may resume them in the spring. Maybe we shall see. Yesterday, the Big Ten came out and said, uh, forget Ohio State, Oregon, forget Michigan, uh, Washington, Michigan State, BYU, Penn State, Virginia Tech, all gone. We're going conference only. Before I even get where, whether I hate it or love it, people have a problem with that because they're saying, hold up, what about the geography in this? Because the ACC said they're probably going to do the same thing as well. People are saying, okay, so you mean to tell me that, and then the SEC and Pac-12 and uh, Big 12 are obviously going to have to follow suit because there's the conference games, like you're already talking about just the Big 10 alone, 33 non-conference games that were supposed to be played at their homes, 33. So of course the other conferences are going to have to follow suit because those are some of the games that are taken off of their, their schedule. But people are asking, all right, how does this make sense? Like how does canceling a game between South Carolina and Clemson, which has been going on for like 112 years or something, they're right close to each other, but then South Carolina is still going to go play against Missouri. Like, how does that make sense? Or you have uh, Georgia canceling with Georgia Tech, but then they're still going to go play uh, Florida or Missouri, somebody far away. How does that make sense? Okay. The reason why conferences want to do this is because playing conference-only schedules and moving up to 10 or 11 games with conference play only it provides football first and foremost, which is the money aspect that everybody wants to wants and needs. Um, the flexibility to be able to cancel games, postpone games as things come up and uniformity. And the uniformity matters the most because we can't even get college programs to agree on uh, the number of conference games that they're going to play. We can't get the SEC Pac-12 to uh, and conferences in general. We got some playing eight, some playing nine. So how the hell are we supposed to get protocols the same for all of college football when the NCAA will only make suggestions? That's why it's necessary to go to conference-only play. And that is a good backup plan. That's actually a great backup plan because... um. Because if there is any need for a postponement, if there is any need for a reschedule, you will have the teams able to do that, which makes a lot of sense. That is very important. And the distance and the consistency is a problem. It, I completely understand it, but the conference only is the optimal scenario. But let's look at the financial impact of all of this. So you have Big 12 teams, I'm sorry, Big 10 teams. Like I said before, 33 non-conference games at home. And USA Today, they put out the numbers. So that's that they got contracts for, were able to see contracts for 26 of those games. 
and they have been scheduled for a total of payouts to the visiting teams where you have uh, MAC teams coming on, you have Conference USA, whoever, because those teams are paid to come to the Big 12 locations. I'm sorry, Big 10 teams or SEC, Pac-12, whatever it is, get beat up, take your money, go home, help your program. That's $22.2 million. That is going to be lost at least from those 26 games for the other schools. In addition to exposure, in addition to potentially winning, helping your program, all of that, but $22 million from those 26 out of the 33 games that they were able to get um, get information for. Like, like, and that is going to hurt. That is going to hurt the Troys. That's going to hurt the Central Michigans. That's going to hurt because those teams were counting on those 900,000, 1.2 million, $2.4 million payouts that they were getting. And, but yesterday when it came out, I, it was soul crushing for me when I first heard it, because as an Oregon guy, I wanted to see Oregon play Ohio state. I've been looking forward to it for years, but guess what? If this ultimately, like I have been called a Debbie Downer about college football, but the writing had been on the wall for a while and we didn't do the things necessary to make sure that college football would still happen. Don't get into the politics of it, but the reality is other countries are back because everybody's wearing masks and we're not, you don't have to hate me, but it is what it is. This is what you came here for. Put on your damn mask. Um, So it was soul crushing for me. But I don't hate it. And if we are able to play, then this is the way to do it. But we are still got to see how the numbers shake out. But I I was cautiously optimistic. I was cautiously optimistic. But the, the team that is going to be like there are two conferences that are going to be put in a lurch, though. Uh, two conferences. Well, one conference and one team. Well, two, two teams, really. Um, you have the. Uh, the SEC has 14 teams. So going to a 10 or 11 game conference schedule, no problem at all. Easy to do. You can figure it out. Um, the uh, the ACC, same thing, no problem. Pac-12, you can go to 11 games if you wanted to, no problem at all. You got enough weeks, you got bye weeks, you can reschedule anything. Or if you go to 10 conference games, you're golden. The uh, Big Ten, same thing, no problem. It's the Big 12 that runs into an issue because they only have 10 teams. So how do you figure out who plays who twice? You're still having a conference game. Stuff gets complicated. But the other thing is, is what happens with Notre Dame? What happens with Army? What happens with BYU? What happens with those teams that are essentially that are independents? They don't have a conference. BYU is essentially part of the Pac-12 right now. We're playing a bunch of Pac-12 teams. And the uh, Notre Dame is basically in the ACC with six games. So either the ACC is going to have to get, well, they don't have to, but they would want them to be willing to give them additional games or they would want, or they would have to find another way to do it. So because Notre Dame has USC and Penn, I'm sorry, it's Stanford on the schedule. So can they get the Pac-12 to make an exception? Otherwise, uh, Notre Dame is screwed 
But this is what happens when you want that independent money. You got to deal with the independent problems on the back end. One of the problems with professional sports that people have been curious about is, and college football even, is about keeping players in bubbles. This scenario won't work for keeping college kids in bubbles, but keeping pro guys in bubbles, the MLB has the answer for you. And I loved it because this is how you do it. I know the U.S. can't adopt this policy, but leagues can. They can make players. If you want to play in the bubble, you want your check, then guess what? Sign this waiver saying you will not violate these rules. And if you do, you get fined heavily. So uh, according to TSN, um, multiple sources have confirmed that Blue Jays players have been warned that they could be fined up to $750,000 and that if they do, it will be that maximum amount. They're not like tiptoeing in between. They're going to get a $750,000 fine and face potential jail time if they break the Toronto stadium slash hotel bubble this summer, they break it 750,000 under the Canadian quarantine act. And so they've been staying at a Marriott out there in Rogers center. And I, I couldn't love it anymore because you have to, if these are professional athletes, they don't like to be told what to do. I was the same way. I don't like to be told what to do now, just like any other red-blooded American. But in the interest of protecting your sport, protecting your own money and everybody else's involved money, I don't mind it. Because if I were a player, I'd say, listen, yeah, hell yeah, because I'm not going outside the bubble. I need all my coins. So I wouldn't be going outside the bubble. But if other people were, because I do know people who are reckless. And they get they get horny. They get, uh, you know, they're just like, I'm tired of being cooped up. They get something. They're like, no, I need to get out. Yeah, okay. But if you know that that not just a fine, but a hammer is going to hit you over the head, if you know an anvil is outside and you still willing, willing to risk it, go, okay, go ahead, go ahead. If you get caught, though, ain't nothing we can do for you because you're not going to risk the entire sport and I'm down with that. I am down with that. Uh, the last thing that we got up is Zion. Zion Williamson supposedly got paid for, well, his stepfather got $400,000 in payments from a marketing agency in October of 2018. Um, and that was prior to his only season at Duke. And this is according to a lawsuit sworn affidavit by that by his former marketing representative's attorney because he signed a contract while he was still playing the marketing firm. He ended up going to CAA. They were upset. They want millions and all of this. So the point is this, there are people who are calling for Duke to be uh, banned, given a death penalty in college basketball. And again, I'll tell you, nobody cares. This is a victimless crime and in victimless crimes, Guess what? Nobody, nobody cares, dude. Like what difference does it make if, if uh, Zion Williamson got $400,000 or his stepfather got $400,000? What difference does it make if Reggie Bush, if, if his family got a house, you couldn't stop their asses on the field. That was the problem. 
They still went out there and did it. They won Heisman trophies. They went to the Sweet 16. All of this happened. National phenomenon led to him being the number one pick. You can't undo it. And who are you going to punish? So you're going to punish the kids that are at Duke now? You're going to punish the university now? No, like that's the problem with the NCAA penalties. The only people that end up paying the price are the people that didn't commit the crimes. Well, it's not even a crime. The, the, the regulation violation. Because there's a difference between a crime and a and a violation of a regulation. We talk. I, well, I talked about this with Pat Candelis. The uh, if you go back a few episodes in the podcast, Pat Candelis, he's the director of the Scheme on HBO, which talks about the college basketball scandal with Christian Dawkins and all of these kids and all the coaches involved with it. All the way from Arizona up to Michigan State, all the way down to Duke, wherever it is, because this is a victimless crime. But people still want to act like somebody's being hurt from this. So the schools or shoe companies pay out money or marketing people pay out money for this kid. Kid goes to school, balls out. The school makes millions of dollars. Who got where in anywhere was anybody hurt? Man, because you can't find anybody that got hurt. And that's why it's just a scheme to to keep money out of the pockets of student athletes, regardless of whether they are black, white, blue, green. But it just so happens a lot of them are black. Am I Reister or am I wrong? Uh, Please sign up for the podcast, subscribe, follow the YouTube channel, download it, all of that stuff. Hit me up, gwpodcast at unafraidshow.com. Tell a friend about it. Make sure you share it. Leave a five-star rating. All of that jazz. Peace out. Catch y'all on Monday around same bat time, same bat channel.